Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Outkick 360 is back, Friday edition. Glad you're with us. Alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton. We are ready to go. Lance Lee, Jacob Swanson making the show happen for us. Sarah Triplett, our production assistant, along with Regan McCrossin. Gentlemen. McCracken. McCracken, as Paul called her during the warm-up. She's the first of the nicknamed production assistants, which is a position of honor. <laughs> this, this, by the way, was not a joke on Paul's no, part. He not. actually thought her last name was McCracken. I, I was steering around Regan slash Reagan, which I'm still guessing. Both Paul and I have, it, have, have an issue with Regan, not Reagan. And I, I assumed like it. it was Reagan, even though it was R-E-G-A-N. Yeah, and I, I said, I'll safely go with the last name, McCracken. <laughs> yeah. Except that it's McCrossin. But she and I are bonding over this. I will say that if you reach last name status with an intern or with anyone, I think that is a term of endearment. If we start calling her McCrossin as this goes on. Or McCracken. That's, uh, that's, that's a compliment, right? But, when, some, when you call someone by their last name only? But as, an a, as a college athlete, don't you normally go by your last name? Uh, I go by, like, first name, Reeg. Now yeah. I might this be is a very hockey Reague. thing. It would be like Reegy if she was on the Preds, yeah. and then all the media members go, "Oh, great shot by, by Reegy!" Yeah. The whole time and it would just annoy all of us. And then if you called her by a real name, they'd be like, "Oh, you're such an outsider." I don't like how the the hockey guys they come up with their own little nicknames and, and their own rules. Like it's like Paul, they make up the rules as they go. So you have like Ellis is Ellie, right? But Duchesne's not douchey; it's Dutchy in their locker room. Yeah. You know, it doesn't go along, it doesn't go uh, with the, the theme of the name. Douchey is more suited, suitable, suitable for him. It's also, couldn't it just be Maddie for Matt oh, Duchesne? That's the, even the worse. The problem I have with it is it's just so dumb. I know. <laughs> because everything is so standard in hockey. Give me a good nickname. Like, earn your nickname. Don't just take the first four letters of your Maddie. last name and put a Y at the end of it. <laughs> like, when you do that with everyone, it loses its effect. It's no longer a nickname. It's just your stupid name in the locker room. So give me something creative when you're going to come up with a nickname. So we, we've got a jam-packed show. John McClain from the Houston Chronicle is going to join us in about 15 minutes as we look at the clock. We have the VolQuest Power Hour, which uh, takes place during the Tennessee Power Hour today. AustinPriceVolQuest.com coming up. And a lot to get to in this segment uh, involving Chad and his name. Also a shirt that I'm about to present him. Oh, yeah. uh, we have uh, the view from PK with Jakob Swanson. And uh, a new uh, view of Lance Lee and Jacob Swanson yeah, as I'm well with a new right, monitor I'm they've installed right here there. in the studio. Look, we're constantly evolving here. Uh, this is a technological wonder, our broadcast. And I, <laughs> I love our growth and um, our expansion, and there's a lot more to come. 
But this I do not love, this element of our expansion. Uh, now, I, I still... <laughs> now, Lance is not this bad. <laughs> this for those so of great. you just listening, we have two new big monitors that are basically... Uh, we're speaking of, of Reagan and Reagan. President Reagan once asked Gorbachev to tear down this wall. These guys have built a wall. Uh, and We're going to build a wall. I, I, these guys who I, I feel very close to, they've become new friends of mine. I, I'm thrilled to know them. And now I'm no longer allowed to know them. I'm no longer allowed to look at them. Uh, Lance, I can see, really. It's We're still better. here. <laughs> Lance is much better than the picture would suggest. But Jacob and I... No longer allowed to look at each other. So they, they, Jacob and I. Uh, you? First, Jacob, your thoughts uh, on I'm, what I'm Paul, really sad. What Paul's upset about. Can you see me better now? <laughs> <laughs> this angle is the best. Yeah. I, I do. I do like the change where when we address these guys and they talk to us on the show, we get that extreme close up. I don't. Can you Wayne's guys world. See them? I don't know why. I, I can see Jacob just barely. I have to. Le I can lean over here. I can see Lance's left for the three eye, shot. but I've always basically been able to see half of yeah. Lance's. Here's face. our here's our new three shot. Hey, Jacob. <laughs> Jacob uh, was he had me laughing yesterday because we he was like, hey, check out this new camera angle that we we put in. He couldn't stop laughing, and so we would test it out, and he would. <laughs> It's perfect. It's like from Spinal Tap, they would do something like it's that. It's perfect. It's perfect for these guys. Yeah. I'm going to have to get up and walk around during our breaks so that I can connect with you guys. It's going to be tough to adjust, though, when we do ask them a question, to not laugh every time they do it, <laughs> to, to laugh over whatever, well, what did you whatever brilliance they're dropping on us at that time. Is that a change as a result of the wall of monitors? Just a happy coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> McLean, who's joining on Zoom, you know, a little early, is uh, seeing Jacob's mouth and nose yeah. on his screen, and that's it. And he's hey. saying, is this the right show? I'm on, I'm on with those guys in Amarillo again that like to goof on me. We're gonna I pause I was on in Nashville. We're going to pause now for a Jacob nasal inspection. <laughs> so we're going to the oh, and uh, now we go to our sponsor, Navage, with <laughs> Jacob Swanson, as we'll do a full uh, tour of his nasal cavity. You, uh... <laughs> You had a, a chat last night with uh, your father about your first name. Yeah, we I'm had, awaiting the birds and the bees. Chad had a, an important fatherly conversation also. We, Dad, why did you name me? We had a big, uh, <laughs> we had a big uh, family dinner for my father's 77th birthday. Happy birthday, Tom Withrow. Happy birthday. We had this dinner at Longhorn Steakhouse. Yes. Uh, which is not, my mom calls it Longhorns when telling the family. <laughs> I said, it's not Longhorns. So I had my six-year-old daughter when she arrived go, hey, Grammy, what's the name of this restaurant again? <laughs> so we're all busting on her the whole night about that. Uh, but just a, a really pleasant, you know, dinner. And my dad brought up, he listen, he watches every show yeah. at home on our YouTube. He wears Outkick, Outkick, Outkick 360, 360 Outkick 360 YouTube channel. He's watching on his television right now. And he asked me, he said, what did Paul say that had you guys laughing so hard? When we were talking about it, he didn't hear it. And I told him that Paul, when I said, do I really look like a Chad? Did they get it right? And Paul said, you know, they nailed it. That's exactly what you look like. So... Uh, he laughed at that. Uh, Paul didn't think that his one-liner and his joke got enough coverage by OutKick after the fact that we should have been promoting that. Well, it's the biggest the collective laugh that we had. I thought we should have put yeah. it up for the people. Whose fault would that be yesterday that didn't do it? Sarah? <laughs> well, I don't know if Sarah, Sarah has a final Sarah, say. who is on is her a... way to 
back to Mississippi State for the weekend and is helping us log the show on, I guess someone else is driving, at least yeah. I hope so. Uh, she's, <laughs> she's helping uh, log the show that way, so shout out to, uh, to Sarah. I think we tend to take longer clips, so this would have been an unusual yeah. short clip, but I thought it was, was worthy. So what was, you guys did delve into the origin of the name. Of Thomas versus and did Chad. They, and did they give you alternate, uh, alternate no, names they, that they considered? Uh, they've told You're me. You're the uh, youngest, so Chaz. the young yeah, doesn't gonna, get a lot of chance. It's going to be Chaz. So, so I doesn't have, get a lot of consideration. I have two sisters that go by Kelly and Michelle, mm-hmm. but their names are Angela and Dawn, and they go by their middle name. So I was telling my mom and dad, I said, I should have just gone by Thomas. Also, wasn't that a hint that you were whiffing on first names, that or everybody Tom. was choosing to well, go by their middle So name? here's what's weird. So apparently, and I found this origin story out last night, my mom's dad, Gran, uh, David Gherkin, my grandfather, he called them by their middle name. He could not, apparently he had a problem saying Dawn properly. So he went by Michelle, and then I don't mm. know what happened with Andrew, but started calling her Kelly, and it stuck. So their grandfather would call them by their middle name. So they said, well, you can blame your grandfather on them going by their middle name. And I guess everyone could say Chad properly in my family. So that just stuck. So if I would have been, if my grandfather would have come in and said, you're now Tom or Thomas and bequeath me that name, then I would have gone by that name. But instead I had no, no option. I mean, you have our sympathies. Yeah. I mean, look, it was in 1982. It was a fine name. It was an up and it was like Regan. It was the Regan of nineteen eighty two, right? It was an up and coming name. But now in twenty twenty one, it's like people who are named Karen in nineteen seventy five. Now it's not as good of a name to have. Look, I uh, I, I told Regan this during the, the warm up and we made the warm up all about her and she probably didn't like that. But she Regan is a very soap opera esque name to me when I hear that. Like it I, I just I quickly looked at some of the names, uh, the famous soap opera names. Ridge, Fallon, Whipple, Greenlee, Blade, Jagger, Asa. Like, Regan fits into that category for me when I hear it. I think of Bold and the Beautiful, or I think of As the World Turns, uh, sick home from school uh, in middle school, as my grandmother would have these on while she, you know, cleaned the house or whatever she was doing that day. that, that that's a there's a category of all these names that people latched on to because their parents grew up in the age of watching soap operas all day. The name uh, Regan is uh, <laughs> is is sleeping with your man, right? Like they, if it's on a soap opera, like that's the girl you got to watch out for. Yep. If your if your name is Regan on a, slope, it's a power, on a soap opera, it's a power name. There's another woman that's angry about you hanging out with Regan on that soap. Also, opera. there's a there's a there's a Whipple Whipple Jones as a character on Bold and the Beautiful. Whipple, that's like <laughs> Mr. Whipple. He was uh, the charming. I mean, uh, Jacob Swanson has tried Whip Its, but not Whipple. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know. try it if it was out there. Whipple. <laughs> By try it, we mean starts every day with them. It's like an appetizer <laughs> before his main course. Okay, Chad, here is the shirt. Um, oh, we we have great. a guy that critiques our fashion uh, every day on our YouTube channel, which you can join. Uh, YouTube, search out Outkick360 channel, uh, subscribe, ring that bell. We go live every day at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. Uh, normally, we don't lead, lead with fashion and name talk, but uh, today it fits. Um, here is, so I, I'm i not giving one of my secrets on my, the cricket shirts that I wear. Um, because I don't need uh, everyone following my lead here. But so they send me some things every now and then. 
and this is one that I never even opened because I saw the sleeves on it. Now, uh, no free plugs, even though this is a free plug for Cricket. I, I love them. Uh, well, I, Hun's also very clear. He doesn't want you buying them. I don't. Yeah. I don't. This is like the anti-advertisement. He, like he, he, he likes them. He wants no one else wearing Everywhere them. I turn, I see Under Armour shirts now, you know, and I, I have too many Under Armour, uh, Under Armour shirts. Uh, you're welcome to have this. If you don't Let's want it. Let's take it out of the bag. And if really you don't it want it, have. it's Jacob Swanson's to have. Okay, it would be Jacob's it. first collared shirt in his closet in years. In years. Well, I'd hate to deprive Jacob Swanson of his yeah, first collared shirt. Deprive. And I want Jacob in it before the show's wow. over. All right, your thoughts. Your thoughts on this shirt. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, you can wear this on a golf course, and that's about it. I mean, <laughs> this looks like something Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch would have wore in 1989 yeah. in a music video. That's yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's what they're going for on the course. Um, the white collar is too much for me on this shirt. It's very, so, very like late eighties. Jacob, early 90s. your thoughts? I'll say this: if the if the if the other sleeve was also light blue and you just had the yellow and the yeah. dark blue, what do you think, uh, Regan? It'd be good. Yeah, Re Jacob, your Regan thoughts? No. He's gonna love it. Yeah, it could. Uh, uh, I'm trying not to cuss. <laughs> <laughs> Bleep yourself out like you did to me the other yeah. day. It looks great. <laughs> <laughs> Would you wear it? Yeah. Absolutely, I would Hey, that. give it to him. Jacob. Yeah, it's yours, Jacob. Uh, Change into that bad boy during yeah. the next break. Yeah. we got to get you in that shirt now. Uh, now, uh, so, Regan, you're the young one of the group in here. You don't like the shirt. But it does look like something that uh, Jake, our other production assistant, might wear because it's very much in line with style. Yeah. Like, college guys wear, like, early 90s, late 80s, awful men's styles now. They wear really short shorts. They wear huge T-shirts and huge polo shirts, and they wear, like, really bad hats. It's like they're trying to look bad. McCracken, what do you think of the wardrobe that's the, that's the guy's of style men then. your age? I don't, well, the short shorts are a little much, but I don't mind the, the pattern with the blocks, but the, the colors are a yeah. little bit weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's... There's oh, Jacob. let's see that. Uh, he's going to be wearing this at 360 Masters Dude, next that looks week. great on you. look you. great. You look absolutely... You're a new man. You look phenomenal, Jacob. God, that's terrific. <laughs> yeah, Jacob does look good in that, that pattern. There we go. It's a, it's a Jacob Swanson. Lance, Lance, are you jealous? <laughs> no. <laughs> Coming up. I could not That's a lot off. of button pushing for a one-word answer. Coming up, John McClain about to join us. The latest NFL headlines. First, let us tell you about MyDrHank.com. Make America hard again with MyDrHank.com. Look, erectile dysfunction affects over half of all men, but it doesn't make you have to feel like half of a man. MyDrHank.com can help you since 2017. My Dr. Hank has been making America hard again, and they get you low-cost ED meds to overcome the psychological and emotional barriers to getting ED treatment. And you can secure your prescription, ship it to you. They'll ship it to you discreetly every month from a U.S. pharmacy, all for as low as $2 a pill. We tell you oftentimes, if you're not taking advantage of an offer, of a discount, why are you not doing it? Paul, we'll say the same about this offer. Listen, we've covered that I'll spend too much on a shirt. I'd rather not spend too much on a shirt. I'd rather have a discount like this, 50% off your first subscription. Uh, MyDrHank.com slash OutKick. MyDrHank.com slash OutKick. 50% off your first go-round. Offer available for a limited time. MyDrHank.com slash OutKick.
McLean next. Outkick 360 rolls on. Time to hit some NFL headlines with the general, the man in black, John McLean of the Houston Chronicle, who joins us here on the show. Longtime friend of the show, friend of Nashville, even though he sits in Houston right now. He is headed to Nashville on June the 12th, a week from tomorrow. He will be in town uh, to benefit the Mike Heimerdinger Foundation and the great work that they do here in the local community as we hit some national headlines. John coming into town with Jeff Fisher and Eddie George and George Plaster and John Dwyer and a sold out event. Don't even need to plug the website because the event sold out and that's because John McLean's gonna be here. John, hope you're doing well. Yeah, I think it's because Jeff Fisher and, <laughs> and uh, Eddie George, the new coach at Tennessee State, they're gonna be the headliners, but I'm happy to help any way I can. Knew Mike Heimerdinger a long time, really good coach, good guy. And the foundation does a lot of great work in Nashville and Tennessee. And I'm always looking forward to coming back to my home away from home. It is uh, the, the big trade talk this offseason, John, has been with Aaron Rodgers and Julio Jones. And while we don't know exactly what happens with Aaron Rodgers, everyone has a good feeling that Atlanta is going to trade Julio Jones. Do you get a sense that it's happening sooner rather than later? Or is this something that's happening right before training camp opens? If they were going to trade Julio Jones, why wouldn't they have done it now? Uh, they could have done it before June 1st and then just waited until it was official so they yeah. could uh, give over two years for his prorated signing bonus. And so there have been reports. They had a number one on the table. I don't buy that at all. They've tried to get a number two. They haven't been able to do that. Maybe they're going to have to take a conditional two that becomes a three, like uh, Indianapolis did with Philadelphia on the Carson Wentz trade. A two becomes a one if he meets certain conditions for games played and snaps. And so I, with the salary cap issues they have and with the addition of tight end Kyle Pitts with their first pick, they don't, they don't need to keep all three because they're really up against it. And they restructured – Matt Ryan and his cap figure for 2022 is 48.5 million. Obviously, that's not going to stand. But I'm guessing because Julio Jones is 32, he missed seven games last year with an injury. That you don't trade for 32-year-old receiver unless you think he is the difference in helping you get to the Super Bowl or maybe winning your division. And a lot of people talk around the country about the Titans. You know, they would have to restructure to fit him in, and they could use another wide receiver. But there's several teams that could. Indianapolis could certainly use him, and they got a lot of money under the cap, but they're planning to redo, to extend Quentin Nelson, their great guard, Darius Leonard, their best linebacker. So they've got other ways to use that money. So I don't know why they're dragging their feet because this has been going on for a month plus he said he wants to be traded so i'm guessing he's out of there but they're just waiting till they get somebody who will do a deal that they want do you view julio jones as a missing link for either the titans or the colts to where you would put one of those two teams above a certain bar that you have set in your mind for what expectations are for their current franchise by the addition of the future Pro Football Hall of Famer? 
I've never seen a receiver make a difference in something like that. He makes the team better, and he can affect the other receiver. Like if they had Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, then Brown wouldn't get as much attention as he's destined to get. And I keep telling everybody, my talk shows on our in the Chronicle, on our sports website, texasportsnation.com, that the Titans will be the favorites. And as long as they got their big three, Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, and A.J. Brown, they should be favored. They are much better offensively than Indianapolis is. Indianapolis has a big old question mark because of Carson Wentz, and he was such a disappointment. Philadelphia got rid of him and elected to go with a second-year quarterback who was 1-3 and three as a rookie, Jalen Hurts. And so I would think, yes, Julio Jones would be a good addition to them. You know, they want to get beyond that first playoff game. They're disappointed in that loss last year when Baltimore got revenge. But I like the Titans to win this division and the Colts to be a wild card. And if the Titans got Jones, to me, that would just solidify it. But if Carson Wentz got Jones, he's still playing with Carson Wentz, and they still have question marks in their passing game. John, I'm sure that it's not the case in Houston right now, but at least nationally, it's been remarkably quiet on the Deshaun Watson front uh, for a few weeks now. What is the latest with that story, or is it just simply wait and see with everything going on? That is just wait and see. He, there's been no movement. He's still got his lawsuits, civil lawsuits against him, in which he's been accused of sexual assault and misconduct. Uh, Roger Goodell and the league investigative arm is still investigating him. Houston police investigating at least one of those cases. So we don't appear to be any closer to having that resolved. And uh, the, the uh, accusers, the plaintiffs, they can start giving their depositions. We had a story in a Chronicle last week. I think it's coming up in the next month. And if it goes that far, then Watson, he won't give his deposition until after, after February 1st of next year. But Roger Goodell's investigation and the probable suspension under the personal conduct policy, he doesn't need to wait on any of that. It's just when the investigation is concluded and knowing how slow the NFL moves on those investigations, I don't expect that anytime soon. Now, he has not participated an off-season program, which we all knew. The uh, mini camps in two weeks. If he misses that, it'll cost him $93,000. And uh, he makes $10.5 million this year. $35 million in And I'm sure it would be easier for him and the Texans if Roger Goodell put him on the commissioner's exempt list till all this got ironed out. That way he'd still get his base salary, but he wouldn't be around. If he showed up, say, for the first day of training camp, he could develop a mysterious back injury and they could put him on injured reserve for the season and pay him and he wouldn't be around. But uh, he gets fined $50,000 a day for every day of training camp he misses. And then if he's out in regular season, he loses millions in base salary. And something that we remind people here, his attorney, Rusty Harden, is one of the best attorneys in the country, one of the most famous attorneys in the country, and he costs a lot of money. And he's at him now, and he and his crew for two and a half months, and that bill is piling up. So I don't know how much longer he can hold out financially, because when you make 10.5, you figure you got taxes, you got to pay your people, you know, you've got a lifestyle, and you have to pay fines. 
and then eventually you may reach settlements. And uh, so I don't expect him to be at the mini camp. And if he did show up, I don't expect him to take another snap from Texas ever. Once this is behind him, Chad, they will trade him. And I don't think an investigation by Goodell would impede the trade because whoever made that trade would know at some point he's coming back from the suspension and he could play another 12, 13 years. John, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to ultimately somehow wind up back in Green Bay. I don't, I don't know <clears throat> how well they'll do at mending fences or if he'll just wind up back there uh, with a lot of anger. But um, I, I know you are of the same opinion. You still stand there, and, and how do you think it comes about if, if that's what happens? Paul, one of the things that I pay close attention to are what his former teammates who are friends of his who are in the media or who, who have spent time talking to the media, and almost all of them think he'll be back. When uh, he talked uh, to Kenny Maine on his last day on, on uh, ESPN, he said how much he loved the fans, he loved the coaching staff, he loves his teammates. Well, he left out the general manager, Brian Gunnigan, and the president, Mark Murphy, and usually those are the ones that determine contract extensions and remember his agent, David Dodd before this all came out, went to Green Bay trying to get out, get an extension done in which Rodgers would feel good about finishing his career in Green Bay, and they didn't get it worked out, which made me think money could resolve this issue. And another thing is Mike Florio on Pro Football Talk figured out, uh, based on his lost base salary and, and his recoup signing bonus and the roster bonus, it cost him $44.5 million to miss this season. So I don't think He's going to miss this season, and he loves to play. Everybody says he loves to play. He's been one step short of the Super Bowl each of the last two seasons. He's going to get that itch when training camp rolls around. Don't know if he'll show up the last week before regular season so he can get his game check. But nobody likes getting fined $50,000 a day for a month, and, uh, and, and teams no longer can forgive those fines as they did for decades. So I'm guessing Rodgers is going to show up in camp, if not at least the week before. He knows the system. He knows his teammates. Meanwhile, Jordan Love's getting a lot of time with the first team. And I know you know you want to get the most for the asset if you're going to end up parting ways with him and you ultimately know it or if he's not going to play. But, John, don't you agree that there is a, there's a baseline offer that, that the Packers, if, if they're not even close to getting there from another team, that you just call Rogers bluff, and if he chooses to retire, so be it. But you're not just going to take anything for him. No, I don't think they would take a low-ball offer. He's got three years left on his contract. Like, the Texans wished that money were the problem with Sean Watson. It's not. He signed that $156 million extension in September, and it goes into effect uh, next year. And... I think in Rodgers' case, if you think about his age, and yes, he played great. He was MVP. And But how many more years does he have left? Say people have speculated on Denver. And I think that's a good team because I know how interested the Broncos were in Deshaun Watson. The problem with the Broncos, they didn't have extra picks. Now, if they were to give up, say, two or three number ones to get Rodgers, and they decimate their team, you know, they're not, to me, close enough to be Darren Rodgers away from the Super Bowl. Packers didn't go to the Super Bowl than Rodgers. And so I think Rodgers would have to go to a team that uh, 
thought they needed a quarterback to get to the Super Bowl. And that's there's just few of them uh, left, but uh, the, and they would have enough, be able to offer enough over the next three years to get him. So I just don't see a trade. I think they're going to call his bluff and he'll come in and they did it for the fans and his teammates and his coaches and how much he loves the Packers and he'll leave out Gutekunst and Murphy and and you know the fact is you know we've all been at practice we've been at games players don't go up and talk to the GMs every day they don't go by their office around and BS GMs and presidents come and they watch practice and they stay off by themselves players are finished they stay around working a little extra then they go to the dressing room so if you don't like somebody you don't have to talk to him and if it's all about money you don't talk to him your agent talks to him. john mcclain with us from the houston chronicle john let, let's go to chicago and i want to talk ownership there in just a moment uh but first let's talk quarterback there are reports are and, and andy dalton i believe was on 670 the score where he said that he's been told he's the week one starter and he was he was tabbed qb1 prior to them even drafting Justin Fields. So uh, I get the, that angle of it has already been out there for a couple of months, but why are the Bears so high on Andy Dalton right now? How would you describe their feelings towards him? Jonathan, I don't think they're high on Dalton at all. Nobody's high on Dalton. But they signed him. He's a veteran. He's a class guy. He's been in the playoffs. And at the time when they signed him, they thought he could begin the season as the starter. They tried like crazy to they, I'm sorry, they didn't try like crazy to get Sean Watson, but they were wanted Deshaun Watson. And so they needed a veteran quarterback. They signed Dalton. Justin Fields not going to be ready to start the season. And if by some reason they thought he were ready, they would put him out there over Dalton. But the fact is they're going to play Dalton until they think Fields is ready. That could be second game, third game, halfway through the season. But I think that's a wise tag to take. You're great with the history of the game. The McCaskies certainly there with the, the Hallis family uh, right there in the history of the game. Reports are that the Bears could be for sale soon because of internal strife with that family. What would the NFL be like without that family involved with that franchise? In 1977, my second year of the Chronicle, I went to Chicago and uh, I interviewed Bill Vec. The owner of the White Sox spent a day with him at Comiskey Park. The next day, I went to the Bears' offices downtown, spent a day with George Hallis, him telling me about the founding of the NFL and what they did and where they were. And it was just an, two incredible days that I had with two of the most storied figures in, in sports history. And the Bears, without the Hallis and the Hallis family, would be an empty organization. You know, some, some uh, boy, for tax purposes and disagreements, you better have made plans way ahead of time, like Bud Adams did and Lamar Hunt did when it comes to taxes. Because today, the franchises are so valuable, if they haven't handled their estate taxes correctly, uh, the, the ones that get the team are going to have to, who inherit it, are going to have to sell it just to pay their taxes. And there are predictions that because of gambling and the effect that's going to have on the NFL, that franchise, franchises could balloon to be worth $10 billion, which really makes them more valuable to all these guys that are worth 50 to 100 or $300 billion. But it would be very strange if the, if the Palace slash Caskey family had divested themselves of the Bears, and especially 
if it were over family squabbles like they have in Denver, which is as bad as I've ever seen. Mark Maskey reports today, John, uh, from the Washington Post that uh, opening of locker rooms to the media is not happening in the foreseeable future. I know a lot of fans don't think this is a thing or, or side with the idea of them staying closed. We know it's a, a bigger issue than that. <clears throat> I can't see the COVID basis for it. Even if there are unvaccinated guys in the locker room, if the reporters going in are vaccinated, from my understanding, if you're vaccinated, you can't really shed the virus. So you wouldn't be putting an unvaccinated player at risk. So do you feel like there's a COVID basis for this or is it as we feared uh, players just maintaining a status quo that they liked from last year with us not in there? Well, I would imagine the union has a lot to do with that too. You know, if, they, if teams didn't have to have us in there, they wouldn't have us in there. Players didn't have to talk. Most of them wouldn't talk. And I know because I've been got my second vaccination in February and the way the Texans have it set up, there's a tier of media. And if we've had two vaccinations, we don't have to wear a uh, uh, mask at practice and uh, or socially distance. And then there's another tier. They have to wear masks and socially distance. But I think it's going to be either Zooms or it'll be after games, they bring players out like the head coach usually does. And there's a backdrop with a logo, and we interview them that way. I think in the Texans case, they'll bring players into their media room. And the problem I have with that, just for people who are listeners and readers and viewers, the more access we have to players, the more information we're going to get from them. And uh, and I told people here when I was uh, howling about Terod Taylor, I said, I don't care about Terod Taylor, but everybody I talk to that emails me and texts me and calls me, they tell me they're primarily interested in Taylor and Davis Mills, their third round pick. And the Texans determined who we get. They kept giving us backup linebackers and stuff. So I just ignored them. And I said, hey, that's extra positive stories you could have had about your team at a time when everything is negative and you're having trouble selling. And, uh, but, I'm afraid that's the way it's going to be this year. But I tell you what, uh, the the league rules that come down from the NFL about the media. I know a lot of teams were cut slack last year because of the protocols. But this year, I'm hoping that we hold them to the letter of the NFL law when it comes to access for the players. Otherwise, some of us will be getting backup players we have no interest in. I understand uh, the Houston media won won a huge game, and you were allowed to uh, know which players were wearing which numbers at the second open uh, OTA. Congratulations on that. What was it like to know who you were watching? Well, first of all, the first OTA, um, they gave us rosters that didn't have numbers. They had, at the time, 49 new players. Now they have 50. And on their website, they had left the numbers blank for those new players all along and I kept complaining about it. My question was why? Not only do you are you thumbing your nose at the media, you're thumbing your nose at your friends who want to know who these players are. So we raised Kane about it after the first one. We kept raising Kane about Terod Taylor. So they changed it on the website. They gave us rosters with numbers. They gave us Terod Taylor. It was a normal OTA. They let us see offensive defense rather than just defense, and they gave us good access. I had no complaints at all for the second one. 
Now we'll have a third one next week and uh, then the mini camp the week after. But it was just what I've always remembered, a normal, typical OTA. I remember when Gary Kubiak was here and they had 14 because that was the league rules. Media could stay out there for all of them. And now it's down to three. And as I told people, I'll complain about it. But it sure is nice not standing around an hour and a half in that heat and humidity. John, let's do something I never want to do, and that's go to Jacksonville for this next question. Um, They are improving facilities. The announced plan downtown, Urban Meyer has talked about his, quote, culture of excellence. And the only reason he accepted that job is because of the investment made into that organization. What do you think about these plans? What do you think about this investment? And overall, your thoughts on what Urban Meyer has done in his limited time in Jacksonville? For the owner, Shad Khan, to get Urban Meyer to come out of retirement after he retired twice for health reasons, he had to be given total control. He has total control. And one of the things he wanted was a, a, a new facility. You know, they've been using their, their stadium facility. They've got an indoor uh, practice facility now. But I, I like the fact they're going to do this because they've been using the same offices, I believe, since they got the expansion team. And he wants it to be a first-class organization, things that help get people to come work there, to get free agents to come there. And right now, he's on a honeymoon, and he'll stay on that honeymoon. And if they win four or five games this year, people will be excited. But in 2022, they're going to have to show some big improvement. John, the USFL is back. Is this something different or just another failed attempt at spring football? We have a spring league going on right now. The South Division playing in Houston at at the Rice Stadium. The North Division's playing in Indianapolis. And there's a lot of former NFL coaches who are head coaches. Ryan Mallett used to be a quarterback here. He's in there. I don't know anything about it. I don't cover it because I got my hands full with the Texans and the NFL. Now they announced the USFL. And remember, Dwayne Johnson and, and Bartners bought the XFL. So is the USFL going to beat the XFL back? What I've thought for years, and I still believe, and I'm guessing you guys do too, that they need a other league to serve. They'll never use this, a minor league that works with the NFL. It would be great if you had 32 teams and each team could have the same systems on offense and defense and move players up and down like they do in minor league baseball, but that's not a workable thing, but just having a league associated with the NFL to help with the development of players, I think would be terrific. Last year in the XFL, before it went out of business, Houston Roughnecks, coached by former NFL head coach June Jones, they had the MVP quarterback P.J. Walker went to the Panthers, and June was coach of the year, and they won the mythical championship because they were unbeaten before Vince McMahon just folded it in the middle of the season, and I went to a couple of games. They played at the University of Houston. They had a good crowd, an enthusiastic crowd, and I think it could work if it were done right. Follow John on Twitter, at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. Again, uh, John coming into town a week from Saturday, June the 12th, uh, to benefit a local charity here in the Nashville area. He does great work uh, with those philanthropies uh, and efforts that he does over the years. John, what time would you like the car to pick you up at the airport on the 12th? (laughs) 
my limo, my red carpet. Uh, I look forward to being there next week for the Mike Heimerdinger Foundation, seeing Jeff Fisher and Eddie George and George Blaster and John Dwyer again. And, and I hope you guys have a great weekend. And thank you for helping us promote that for the Mike Heimerdinger Foundation. I can't wait to get back to Nashville. This thank was the easy, thank you, John. Easiest promotion ever. It sold out immediately. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah Thanks, that, John. as it should. John McClain, flat out getting it done for Thanks, us uh, with the the NFL discussion. Always great having him on the show. He'll be on again soon. We have a lot to get to coming up before the VolQuest Power Hour, including LeBron bounced from the NBA playoffs uh, as they fall four to two in their series. Also, uh, uh, I'm going to tell you why we're not going to escape LeBron James even though he's not in the postseason for the NBA. I'll find a way. And you're not going to be able to. And in Major League Baseball, there's new ster- new steroids, quote-unquote, in baseball. We need to discuss this uh, a bit further for for the future of the game and how, how the league's addressing it, Paul. We'll get to that in just a moment. First, though. I didn't know McCracken had a limo, by the way. You're sending her to pick up McLean. Oh, no. John, John's got uh, the full limo service, trust me. Oh, yeah. He's... He knows owners. I, I've hosted I've hosted uh, uh, charity events where John's flown into town. I know how he rolls yeah. when he arrives. TVG.com. TVG.com slash OutKick. For new users, bet the Belmont Stakes tomorrow. And your first single horse win type wager, risk-free up to $300. The refund given as a bonus site credit. This is the best offer out there for horse racing. Go to tvg.com slash outkick. Sign up and use the promo code outkick. It's available in 33 states. Not right here in Tennessee, but if you're watching outside of the state of Tennessee, chances are you can go to tvg.com slash outkick and take advantage of this great offer. Full terms are on the page. Again, that's tvg.com slash outkick. Use the promo code outkick. Outkick 360 rolls on, even with a little bump music bringing us back here across the Outkick network. YouTube is where you can subscribe to the Outkick 360 channel. Uh, Hit the subscription button, ring that bell, as you will be alerted every time we go live and anytime we post new content. Speaking of new content, Lit, the band Lit, taking over Instagram this weekend for us. My own worst enemy. If you see popular song, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you see uh, content on the story that doesn't look familiar, it's coming straight from Lit, which is going to be awesome. Uh, so really appreciate them for tagging us along with them as they go on their first tour uh, since things have reopened. They're down in Texas this weekend as they begin their tour. Uh, LeBron James begins the offseason tour. He's been eliminated from the postseason. The Lakers knocked out. We're not going to escape him, though. He's going to be on every television station during commercials as the promos start running for Space Jam, which debuts in July. They're going to run this through the NBA Finals, through all of the postseason coming up, and it will be on everything beyond just the NBA as they push this to the moon. It doesn't look that good. I want it to be I good. Mean, I like. I mean, the original I mean, Space it's Jam. Was Space Jam. Good. <laughs> it's. I mean. Well, I, I mean. You know, the, the first wasn't nominated for any Academy Awards. <laughs> no, but it was a good kids movie. Uh, it's not. Michael it's Jordan. Not. No. Space Jam, the first. Space I mean, Jam it was, was a popular movie. movie. It's a terrible I, film. Yeah. I mean, it's not good. I like, loved Mighty it. Mighty Ducks is a good kids movie that has actual actors in it. This was a collection of NBA stars and Michael Jordan. They're terrible actors. 
with a bunch of uh, Looney Tunes. It's not good. It's it's. I mean, it, a lot of kids watch it, but this is going to be even worse. I'm assuming. I well, like that. It's in terms of sitting through kids' movies. I find yeah. it a sit throughable movie. I mean, I loved it because it was the NBA stars teaming up with Jordan in the off season right. and going to film this movie, and then it was, it was built up like that. I it our our age group, our era, we will be comparing this new version to that. Um, I'm, I'm curious. This looks stupider. Yeah, I mean. I'm, I'm curious to see what the what the kids are saying about the new Space Jam movie. We're uh, gonna have to get Simon to weigh in on this. Yeah. He's yeah. probably uh, I don't know. He may be a little too old. Well, he I don't likes think so. he likes the first one, and he he's not he still likes cartoonish stuff. So I, I think he, he this will be in his wheelhouse. Yeah, LeBron uh, won't even shake hands after after a he's NBA playoff a weak, loss. Weak dude. Yeah. you can't leave early. You know, he left that the he big counts. loss early. He wouldn't have left the big win early, and then he leaves this early, and the no handshaking is just not cool. And look, you know, it, it, like it or not, you know, kids are watching, and it, you know, I'm not that big on the role model thing, but you got to shake hands at the end of a series. It, it's just not. Well, uh, the bigger picture for me is what well, I was anti-Florio earlier this week, where he's like, "Oh, 99 percent of the players would still talk to the media, even if they weren't required." I'm like, "No, they wouldn't." No, they, I mean, I would say 99% of the of the, the players like this would bolt unless they had some get obligation where they were going to get fined. Yeah. Well, and we've talked about the league having a LeBron James problem with some of his uh, off-court things that he's done and yeah. said and uh, the perception from fans of him and how it's gone down. Now they have a problem, a LeBron James problem, that he's not in the playoffs. That's a huge hit. Uh, because hit, lo- love him or hate him, the Lakers, the Lakers first and foremost, but also LeBron James, a huge draw for the NBA. So him getting bounced in the first round is not good business for the NBA. It could and be. Then, it could turn into that. We had a topic a couple weeks ago about this. Well, you need young stars to emerge now that there's a vacuum there. Yeah. yeah. But they'd rather the vacuum not be there. Well, now they're not. Now we're not forced to just show LeBron and have it. it, it it's the play. The NBA playoffs featuring LeBron James. Right. Now, so let's now, go, Trey Young. And, yeah, and there's an else. opportunity uh, to go, you know, grab the brass ring, so to speak, by some of these other stars. Now, I'm not saying that we that that's for sure going to happen. But there's potential. There's but a lot of room for storylines. There's a, there's a chance to grow. Well, for sure. And I'm playing devil's advocate a bit here, but Devin Booker was uh, is amazing. Uh, he was eight for ten from three. He had six 33 points at halftime. He was incredible last night. Charles Barkley on Inside the NBA at halftime was saying. We're, we're watching a superstar emerge. Mm-hmm. This is what superstars do in closeout games. They come in and they dominate, and they say, give me the damn ball. Uh, Devin Booker's also getting ejected with 30 seconds <laughs> left in the game for talking trash to the entire Lakers bench. And I think a lot of people, because they hate LeBron James and the Lakers, love it and are puffing their chest out. So, I mean, I, I am I rightfully crushed LeBron James for leaving the court like a little baby. Uh, with, before he could go shake hands and not taking his medicine and not taking his L and running and hiding. And you should criticize him for that, and I'm all for it. But the other guy on the other end of it that is stepping up to be a superstar is getting himself ejected with 30 seconds left uh, in winning the game, going away. So I, I don't, again, I think that's a less bad look for Devin Booker in the NBA, but I don't think it's a good look on either side. When you have that taking place in the end, and you have LeBron James being a baby and leaving the court. Now, is that going to prevent me from watching the Suns and being excited about watching Devin Booker? Hell no. 
I'm going to continue watching the Suns in the playoffs, and I'm going to continue watching Booker because he's a great player. But I don't know if anything that happened at the end of that game is necessarily great for the NBA. Look, we know I was ahead of the curve in terms of being out on the NBA. <laughs> I was out before a lot of people got out. I try to come in here like last night. You were out night. when the NBA was good, though. That's the difference. Yeah, it you're was just not a, good a product. You're not an NBA guy. Um, and you were out. Well, I, I, I was out when the faux, faux stars were being marketed as, as guys who were g- great. Um, but at, at any rate, I, when I tuned in a game last night, which I did, you know, we lost the first bet, and you guys were talking about, hey, now the, let's watch the Lakers get, get trounced here and enjoy it. And I was like, hey, I'll chime in on this for a while. I'm only half watching because I, I have to catch up on Twitter and the news of the day kind of stuff and then there's like literally a six minute review on yeah. a flagrant foul and I'm thinking the NBA might be the worst sport in terms of reviews I mean it's not that big a result here on whether there's a foul shot or a flagrant one or blah 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 blah, blah. and I tweeted then uh, this after this painful review I now return to my regular scheduled programming which is not watching the NBA I, th- that's something they have to fix, I think. For a viewer like me, if you want me in, and I don't know that I'm not the target demographic by any means, but I'm sure they'd like to have me. And I flip over, and what I get is six minutes of no basketball where they're discussing the quality of the refereeing crew yeah, that's fair. and breaking down the whole thing. It, that's just monstrous. They're long for a game that crawls as it is, especially when you get down to crunch time with the timeouts and the out-of-bounds plays. and everything. I mean, is it that important? Well, I sent you guys no. uh, the tweet also. I, last I mean, night. in the NFL, at least it's that important: touchdown, no touchdown, out of bounds. No, it's, you know, it's whatever. Too long. This call's not that important. Look, I mean, it's it's very it was simple. A thirty-point game that ended up being a thirteen-point spread at the end. You I don't mean, need it, a five-minute. All review. these right, but no sport needs a five-minute review for anything, right. regardless of how important. Well, if it's a game-winning or losing play, I, don't I can care. understand. Go look at it. It's on video. We don't have to look at it fifty-five times. You can see it four times and know what happened. And make the call. And if, if you, you put can, a timer it's inconclusive. So the play stands like. I don't need 50 views of it to tell me that it's inconclusive. So I think every sport could be quicker with that, but certainly the NBA needs to be quicker with their reviews. And I sent you guys this tweet last night uh, from Kendrick Perkins, which I found interesting. This was very good. I love Charles Barkley. I love Charles Barkley. This is a great tweet. I tuned in at halftime to see Charles Barkley's reaction to the Lakers getting curb stomped. A lot of shock by Phoenix. And. he immediately went in on Anthony Davis, not really Anthony Davis, the but the doctors, saying it's ridiculous that he's out there. Someone should stop this kid from playing. This is one minutes. game after he called him Anthony Street Clothes Davis, right? Played five minutes, groin injury, came back out. And Kendrick Perkins tweeted, somebody tell Charles Barkley to pick a damn side. He's Street Clothes Davis when he sits out, and now he's ridiculing the medical team for letting him play when the kid tries to play through it. Damn if you do, damn if you don't. Great point. I thought by uh, by Kendrick Perkins. I think you know Charles Barkley was more onto the medical team with that, but uh, well, he's that absolutely was right, Perkins. That was difficult to watch uh, last night, though, with Anthony Davis trying to gut through the the first five minutes. They didn't have it, but I, I mean, no. I think to Anthony Davis, I don't want to say credit, but media wise and fan wise, it's better that he goes out there and looks horrible, and then you kind of know. Well, yeah, I mean, he's not a baby. He's, he's not being soft. He legit can't play. It's sad that we need to see it for ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. But if he doesn't play, how many Lakers fans and NBA fans are wondering, well, Anthony Davis didn't, didn't even really give it a go, right? But if you see it for yourself, you're like, oh, yeah, the guy's, 
guy can, couldn't go. Well, and I think Kenny Smith made a good point, too, where he was saying there's a plan when you go into these games, different games in a series. He said the odd part about it to him was, you know, Andre Drummond's going to get more minutes. This is going to happen. This is going to go. You're going to a game with a plan, but when you're force-feeding Anthony Davis to look like he's battling and being valiant and saying he's going to start, when even his teammates probably know deep down the plan's going to change when he gets out there, it throws the whole thing off. You know, you go into it with the understanding he can't go. But when you go into it with, well, he's going to give it a go, and then he can't, that it's five minutes of a game. It doesn't lose you the game, but it does completely change the mindset of what you're trying to accomplish. To circle back to LeBron, I understand what you're saying about him being omnipresent with the commercials and, and the promotion. I don't know if he's going to be doing the talk shows. And He'll be in every you – know, to yep. promote. I don't know about that. But, but. in terms of disappearing basketball-wise uh, – He's he's disappeared, and uh, I think a lot of us are perfectly fine with that. Yeah. Like you said, let's see the storylines. I'm more interested in Trey Young than I am in LeBron James right now, anyway. And uh, I welcome the chance to to, to to the degree that I'll tune in to to see some new blood. Well, now the Trey Young heads to Philly. Uh, Hawks and Sixers begin their series this weekend. Can we throw up the 360 NBA parlay now, for this weekend? We're going to have. Uh, some some three uh, the 360 parlay with FanDuel.com. Here's what we're going with this week, and we're taking the Nets money line as a part of our three-team parlay. Nets. Where we're really gambling is tonight with the Dallas Mavericks, a chance to close out the Clippers at home. They lead the series 3-2. And let's home take dogs. let's let let's go with the Mavs at home and Cuban courtside. And take the plus 130 as this. We, we need to get back on our winning ways. $5 wager is going to win you 2805. And uh, Yarzino Rosenstrike is where we're going with just to win the fight in the fight night to, tomorrow night for UFC. Uh, the heavyweight bout is the main event of the night. They have a nice promotional boost, I would also recommend at FanDuel uh, for that fight to end by TKO or KO. Um, you can do that, but you can't include that in a parlay. So we're just taking the straight money line. We would have. There if is we the three-team money line parlay for this weekend: five dollars plus five sixty-one odds. Follow us along on Instagram and Twitter for the very latest. There. Here is to getting back in the win column. Yes. For the three sixty daily parlay. We've talked about these uh, young emerging stars and the like. And one name that we we hardly mentioned or maybe didn't mention at all is Luca. Uh, and if he wins this game, they win this game, or or win in mm-hmm. seven. That's a guy we need to circle back to well, because that's, that's a guy to watch. You that, bring that, that up, Paul. I wanted to bring about. the stat up. Luka Doncic. All right, and this is from Nick Wright of Fox Sports. He's played in eleven career playoff games. He's twenty-one years old. He's played in eleven playoff games in his entire career. But he already has as many forty-plus point playoff games as Magic Johnson, Tim Duncan, Kawhi Leonard, Damian Lillard. And Carl Malone. Mm. And he has more than Kyrie Irving, Giannis, AD, Chris Paul, and Clay Thompson. Yeah, he, he, in 11 attempts. I want in them a playoff to win game. so that he could be one of the. He and Trey Young are the guys that I want. Yeah, but the, he's also not very likable. I mean, he, he plays with this bull in a china shop mentality and, and complains and pouts. Um, he, he's also not someone that you root for unless he's on your he's, team. He's more of a villain type than a, yeah. a hero I, type. I, but I like, sh- I like hitting those shots. I like hitting 
crazy leaning three point shots that are. Improbable. I mean, did he lead the league in technical fouls this year? Yes. They also uh, he. This is another amazing stat. In their win the other day, uh, he either assisted or scored on all but four of their baskets. He's also a six seven <laughs> point guard. Wow! In an entire NBA game, he assisted or scored all but four of the baskets scored by That's Dallas. Crazy. We're going to get to uh, Austin Price in just a moment. Uh, first, Paul, the, the let's hit the the substance use by the MLB pitchers um, and adding the spin rate to the baseball. And what Major League Baseball is essentially saying, they're, they're, they're warning players that we're going to crack down on cheating for those currently cheating, but if you're currently cheating, stop, and you're not going to be punished for it. That's how I'm reading into what they're telling their players. Yeah, I, I didn't read it the same way. I'm hopeful it's not the same way. What the initial thing was with the athletic is like we're gathering evidence over a long period of time here. And it seems like, was it Rosenthal from the athletic yeah. that I sent the tweet? Seems like they're now saying we're going to gather, we're, we're almost ready to start laying down some punishments, which is better. This is gathering evidence over the full season and might not even punish till next year. I'd already commented on this. It's ridiculous to gather that long. They need to not botch this, even if it means suspending uh, or punishing guys on every team in the league. Well, You can't botch this the way you botched the Astros stuff. But the way I, the why, why I read the tweet from Rosenthal the way I did is he, the, the wording of it, enforcement is coming, but the league will follow a process involving communicating with players and umpires unions. So yeah. until they lay out their process, Whatever's been going on is going to go unpunished. Well, I also don't think guys will stop, right? I think guys no. collectively are going to say, we're all doing it. We all know we're all doing it. Until they do something, I'm going to take my sure. chances because so is everybody else, right? I'm not stopping because I know Chad's not stopping and Hutt's not stopping. So I'll take my chances that I'm going to be the first guy they call out. Or they're going to call out 20 of us and I'll have some, some cover. But these videos are increasingly coming out of guys digging into their gloves. Look at this. Here's a red glove, and, and this here's is nothing a Cleveland new. picture I mean, they, that's digging into the top pine half tar of his and bullfrog and everything. Most else that of they the put time, on. they're digging into the to the backside on their wrist, kind of on their wrist. But there's a Sports Illustrated story out today that that has this this just a description of three balls that end up in NL dugouts. One where players took turns touching a palm to the sticky material, coating it, and lifting the baseball adhered to their hand <laughs> in the air. Another in an NL dugout had clear enough fingerprints indented into the goo that opponents could like put their fingers in those spots to mimic the grip, like like a little kid would do at a museum with like a fossil, you yeah. know. And and the third one was so sticky that when an opponent tried to pull the glue off, three inches of seams came with it. This is not, my, this is not some minor infraction. No. This is major. And I was just thinking about this this morning. Before the SI story, just when we were talking about the tweet, I, I, I'm going crazy here. This is, like yesterday, I can't remember what we were talking about. We were doing crazy solutions. Oh, USFL. Crazy, crazy things. Chad said no fans. I said only luxury fans, yeah. right? Here's, here's my crazy thing. I'm going to be treat these guys like babies. All gloves, white. Every mitt is white. 
You put any goo on there, it should be absolutely apparent to an umpire. They won't I do that. I can see the baseball. The baseball's, baseball's white. Baseball's on your white. Glove. You can't do that. That messes with your. That's why all the backdrops are green. All right. Well, yeah. what, what can we do with the glove to to make it something? Just apparent? check the glove. I mean, just check it if you even if it's each yeah, inning you know, or just yeah. ran, it's like a random drug test. Check it before the game. Check their hand randomly over the course of a game. If the new pitcher comes in, go look at it. Yeah, I, we've said I mean, that it's, it, everything is made to be more difficult than it should be. These these 10-minute reviews that could take 45 seconds to go look and see. And then it's not going to be that difficult for an umpire to go out and check a pitcher's glove before the start. And then if a new pitcher comes in, goes and checks it. And if the guy's pitching for six innings, maybe in the third or fourth inning, you just mosey on back out there. <laughs> when you got your time in between the, the commercial break, you know, they're warming up for the next inning. Go check it again. It's, it's really it. not hard. All pine tar that comes into a major league stadium is dyed neon green. You put on a ball, it's obvious. You see it. If it's on a bat, then there's some neon green on a bat. That's fine. We all know you're putting pine tar on a bat. This is very radical of you. <laughs> I want something radical. I want I mean, it just damn check. Fixed. Just check. It doesn't. This is they one that doesn't do have it. to be radical. They won't do it. Well, then they're definitely not going to do what you're talking about. Well, that's why I wanted something done that makes it completely obvious if you're cheating that they can't. They can't not call you. This on. is a. This is a very NCAA type response from Major League Baseball yes, so is. far. It is. Yes. Where it's like pass police yourselves, pass players. Pass. We're gonna we're gonna punish you, but those that are currently cheating, yeah. just stop cheating. We're gonna look the other uh, way for a moment. Or, or if the putting this out it, it serves as a warning. Yeah, right. But also just how don't warn. Just this go. Is, this go is what police. they don't want. Also, <laughs> they're gonna look so dumb if all of a sudden it's a home run spree, and everyone's scoring ten runs a game. Ratings are going to go in up. In baseball. They won't look dumb at all. But no, my, they, they, will, they won't look dumb is not what, the right word. They're going to look dirty as hell right. if that starts happening because all of a sudden it's like, oh, you were cheating to this level? I thought it and might shave to- a half a run off a game. I didn't know it was going to add six runs per game yeah. now that it's batting practice <laughs> up there because you don't have the grip with that material and every pitcher – was clearly doing and it. All I, don't think, state I don't think the change the like game worth their contract. Well, I don't think the change the game will be that extreme for that to happen, but that's how they're going to look stupid. It's going to be interesting Price, to see next on Outkick 360. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to Outkick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day and give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.